every lap in under a minute. Every move made to matter. Every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth. Every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars. Unforgettable. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. G'day everybody, Noons here. Great to have you with me. V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Repco, coming to you from V8 Sleuth Headquarters in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne, Australia, Victoria, the galaxy, the world, you get it, all that sort of stuff. Uh, This is our 200th episode of the podcast. We started back in May 2019. A massive thank you to all of you for your support and your ongoing listenership, I believe the term is. Great to have you with us. Great that you tune in every week. We really appreciate it. Tell all your friends who don't listen to get on board. They are, well, they've not missed out yet. They've just got 200 episodes to catch up on. Uh, Before we get into this episode, quick reminder, every Tuesday, the Castrol Motorsport News Podcast with Stefan Bartholomeus and Andrew Van Leeuwen. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the latest and greatest in Australian and international motorsport news. Now, my guest this week on our 200th episode is a man who's been runner-up at Bathurst the last couple of years. He is Tickford Racing's front runner in the Monster Mustang, uh, Cam Waters from Mildura, now based in Melbourne. And we talked about a whole pile of things in recent times when he came in and sat down at V8 Sleuth headquarters. We talked about Formula Ford. We talked about his time on the Shannon Supercar Showdown that got him into uh, V8 Supercar Racing. And his pathway, it's all stuff that starts with S. Super 2, Supercar, Speedway, Sprint Cars. Uh, One day he might do a category that doesn't start with an S. We talk about all the stuff that Cam's done over the journey. It was great to catch up with him. It had been a little while since I'd seen Cam, so it was great to sit down and talk shop. He tackles also your National Motor Racing Museum Couch Racer questions and also the Top 10 Shootout as well. So here we go. Buckle up. It's time to start a special 200th episode of the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco with Cam Waters, and it starts now. Cam Waters, welcome to V8 Sleuth HQ. Uh, congratulations, episode 200. You're our special, super-duper special guest. That's that's an honour. Yeah, thanks for having me, Noons. This is uh, awesome to be here. Big 200. I feel a little bit privileged. Uh, but um, what's sure taking you... you so long to get me on the show, <laughs> mate? Come on. <laughs> Well, the worrying thing is you're local and you live all of about, what, 10 k's from us. So uh, I figure that you saved the best for milestone episodes. Okay. Uh, Does I can live with that. Is that sound plausible? Yeah, yeah. yeah. sort of. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to talk about even though, I mean, normally on this podcast we talk about um, with people who've, Finish their career or towards the end of the career, and there's a fair bit to talk about. But you're well and truly in the midst of your career, but there's still a truckload to talk about because you've been doing it for so long and you've done a bit of everything along the way. So we know you now as the Monster Energy Mustang driver in the Repco Supercars Championship, yep. Speedway driver as well, yep. sprint car driver over yep. summer. Uh, but where did this motor racing thing for you start? Is this like so many people, it's a family thing and it's leaked through to you? Uh, yeah, 100% family. Um, you know, grew up watching dad race uh, speedway in sedans and, um, you know, going to all the speedway tracks as a young tacker. And, and, and is this and Mildura and uh, around Mildura the area? and, yeah, kind of around Victoria a little bit. And, you know, when I turned six, he bought me a go-kart, sold the speedway car and you know, it was my turn to go go racing and... That's kind of where it all started. Absolutely, you know, loved racing. Um, got up early, watched all the supercar races as a young tacker. And, um, <laughs> You're making me feel old now. Here, here I am now. So he traded in his racing for your racing. It wasn't a case of, all right, when you reach a certain age, I'll buy you on and off you go. He actually stopped for you to start. Yeah, pretty much. He was kind of over what he was doing with the, the Speedway. He'd done it for a fair few years and... Um, 
done a little bit of go-kart stuff with my brother and he decided, yeah, sell the race car and buy some go-karts and let's do that. So it's you and your brother racing or is it uh, just well, you? Jared or? was kind of racing a little bit um, while dad was racing Speedway and then, yeah, sold the car, bought me a go-kart and then um, Jared did a little bit of racing through that time. But, yeah, my brother was kind of helping me a lot as well, taking me away racing because he's uh, 11 years older than me. So... Good, good for kinda a transport had, when you need had, a driver. Uh, two dads at a lot of my career. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really cool. What was the Speedway car that your dad drove? He drove an AEL Falcon oh, and then he drove an AU right at the end. So, oh, an um, AU. AU, oh, which this, was uh, this pretty people, cool. People in the V8 Supercar paddock who are still having therapy about AU Falcons from... <laughs> I love them. There's something <laughs> wrong with them, mate. <laughs> They're a I was going to say, there's probably a few V8 supercars of the day, AUs, that would have made good speedway cars because they were sideways more yeah, than they were 100%. pointing in a straight line. <laughs> so you go karting as what? We're six, seven? Six or seven, yeah. Are Sun we racing, racing or are we racing just at doing seven. Oh, Racing geez. at seven, practicing at six, uh, raced for, what would have been, seven years and then got a Formula V, um, which I didn't have the Formula V long because it kept breaking down and we got <laughs> sick of it pretty quickly. So we went and got a Formula Ford. And, um, so the V, you're what? 15, 16? Yeah, I would have been 2008, 2009. Would have got the Formula V. Did that for probably six to eight months. and then, <laughs> It was yeah, no good. It kept breaking and, uh, yeah, it was too hard. So we got the Formula <laughs> Ford and, and uh, you know, the Formula Ford was a bit more reliable and kind of run it ourselves for yep. 12 months with a bit of help from uh, Sonic, Mick Ritter, which was pretty cool. And then, yeah, following year, went into um, full-time with kind of Mick for the the championship and got it done in 2011. It's 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago now that that was all going on, which is scary. For those who, it's funny, someone like you pops up later on and people start to know who you are when you get supercars or maybe super two. Who was in V's at the time? Who was in Formula Ford when you started that people go, oh, yeah, I know him now and I know that guy. Who was in that pool and that crop of that period for you? Um, in Formula V's, uh, LeBrock. So Jack was in Formula V's when I was kind of racing him. He was kind of getting out when I was getting in. Um, and then Formula Ford, it was a lot of the, the current bunch. So Chazzy was in there. Um, Jack was in there. Uh, you know, Nick Foster who does a bit of GT stuff. Um, yeah, there was a fair few of them around that that era. It kind of all went through together. Um, you know, Percat was a little bit younger, or previous to me. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was cool to kind of go through with a lot of those guys and then you'd end up racing in supercars together. Yeah, you can't get away from them. <laughs> Basically, you've all run out the way. Pretty much. All, all <laughs> the way through there. What's the standout? I mean, winning the Formula Ford title, you look at the list of people who've done that and for Sonic too because they've had a fairly good on a roll of people who've yeah. won that too. Um, what's your standout Formula Ford memory? Because I reckon drivers have some of the best races of their lives when they're in Formula Ford when it's kind of out of the the spotlight and most people don't remember it because they didn't see it on TV or it wasn't even on TV to begin with is there a standout race or two from back then uh, in 2010 I was racing Gold Coast I kind of just stepped into Sonic's team as a full time kind of guy in one of their you know main cars and I uh, went to Gold Coast and yeah nearly I think I nearly won a race or won a race so I ended up second for the round behind Chaz and um, no one could really touch Chaz that year and you yeah, had some pretty cool battles with him so for me that kind of stood out um with my, you know, former Ford era innings um, as a pretty cool kind of event. And, you know, stepping up into that team, being Sonic, was uh, was very, very cool. You know, they're awesome team. Um, Mick and Maria are awesome. They, Mick runs a tight ship, though. Yeah, and he tells you how it is, <laughs> which was very cool. Um, yeah, got a lot of time for those guys. So the Formula Ford title, so the national title is yep. 2011. Yep. And then this little television show comes along. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're grimacing as I say this. So yeah. for those who don't know, there was a, a program that a production company put together, uh, the Shannon Supercar Showdown. So the premise was they took a group of I think 10, maybe 12, 10, yeah. 10, 10 um, drivers who uh, hundreds applied to get on this show um, with the premise that the winner of the series would get a drive at Bathurst in a yeah. V8 supercar in the yeah. main race. Not the development series, nothing like that, but the main race as a wild card. So how did that all start? Because I remember hearing lots of different names that were trying to get on the show, thought they should have got on the show. There's a really wide cross-section of people, but how did it all start for you? Why, why did you? Clearly, 
I want to drive at Bathurst and V8 Supercar is the reason, but how did that all begin for you and what got you into it? Uh, well, we kind of knew Rick and Todd a little bit um, before that all even started. The Mildura The Mildura connection, yep. and um, I think they put me in the car in 2010, end of 2010, just for a, a fang around. Which oh, so that was your was first in, V8 Supercar drive? It was in Bargs' car. Yeah. Um, and then... At Winton? At Winton. On a, what, end of season type yeah, day Yeah, something thing. like that, yeah. yeah. Um, locked a front tyre and... <laughs> It <laughs> tore it to canvas, being a young bloke out of a Formula Ford, you can't see the tyres. But it was a really cool experience. So, you know, they they gave me that opportunity, which um, which was great. And then, uh, yeah, they, they said they might be doing a reality TV show and apply for it and, and um, yeah, got into it and um, went through the, the two weeks and, um, yeah, come out on top, which was, was pretty cool. It was a very different experience for a young guy. Who hasn't done a lot of like media stuff and, and whatnot? You were I was just baby. a baby. You were a total baby. I was, yeah. And um, yeah, I was just kind of a racer. So I was, you know, 100% into all the driving stuff. And I was like, what's all this other stuff you are doing? So <laughs> it was it was a very cool experience for me. And um, it was obviously great to, to win it and go to, to Bathurst and and do that. A lot of people dream of being able to go there and, and drive a car, let alone a supercar in the mm. main race. So it was a great opportunity for me doing it with Grant Dania. Obviously, a massive name, you know, massive personality, massive name, massive personality, yeah. small height, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so he put a tower boost, above a booster seat in for for me, and um, for you or for him, for him to fit into my. That's seat. right. It's got to say, <laughs> and um, yeah, got through the week. Obviously, I crashed in the race, but they fixed it, and I learned so much. So it was it was really good, and it kind of helped set me up for probably the next five years. I think. Um, because my name was kind of a little bit bigger at that point, I could kind of get sponsored a little bit easier and whatnot. So it kind of got me through the DVS program a little bit mm. easier. And um, yeah, I look back on the the experience and um, you know the spin up the top of the mountain at the mm-hmm. time. I wasn't phased by it at all. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Put another set of tires on. So you you, you you looped it through McPhillamy just before the run to Skyline. Yeah, and I full just, three was it three sixty or seven twenty? I can't remember. Didn't think absolutely anything of it. I put another Didn't set of tires on it. But now I'm like, that could have been the biggest crash. That could have just ended life. it right there in their <laughs> yeah. career over. Yeah. So, so um, going back to the show though, so it, it, it was over two weeks. Yeah. But it would have aired over, I don't know, two months or something like yeah, that. I think it was, yeah. So was, do I remember right that they were, you were all camping in like RVs at the workshop in between on the nights of the filming? Is that, yeah, is that how that all worked? So we had, I think it was a Jayco sponsorship. Um, and they had yeah little Jayco's and we stayed in that for the the couple of weeks and um, yeah filmed the whole whole show I, I don't know when it was filmed it was like early in the year maybe June or something and um, at that point I pretty well knew that I'd won it and then I had to kind of keep a secret I was gonna say yeah, until October so yeah, yeah. Um, all my mates were drilling me every day at school about it and just had to play it cool and, and not say much. So I did a pretty good job not letting anyone know. So the behind the scenes of reality TV, was there anything that went on or the way it was all put together that was different to what was presented maybe in the end package of it all? Oh, they always put a bit of GST on. on oh, there's a bit of mayo so, in among yeah, the... Yeah, always put a little bit of rivalry on. and a bit of drama and a bit of chaos. Mate. Yeah, So yeah. Um, I can't watch reality TV shows now because I know it's a bit of it's made up, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good. It was a really good show and, and good to um, be a part of something like that that's a little bit different. And, and um, yeah, I was just very lucky to come out on top and, and, you know, help set my career up. So you basically go to Bathurst as a – you were 16 at the time, weren't you? It was yeah, just was about 17. Just turned 17, I think. So So that's a pretty – and you're at, in year 11? Year 11, yep. That's not many people couldn't be going to school. I think Paul Umbrell's probably the only bloke over the history who's been yeah. able to have that sort of conversation yeah. with schoolmates yeah. Yeah. along the way. Every lap in under a minute, every move made to matter, every decision impacting the outcome of the race. Supercars in Perth, every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars. Unforgettable. Did you find that when you're in the racing side but still at school, was everyone on board with it at school or was it a case of you're 
bit of an outsider because you're off doing that stuff that's pretty cool, but we don't like no, cool everyone, you're different. Everyone was really, really good. All the teachers were, were great. Um, you were never there probably. Yeah, they, they just knew if I wasn't there where I was yeah. and they just marked me as attended anyway. So it was um, it was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I had a lot of support from the school, which made you know my racing through that time a lot easier. Um, which is which is good. Otherwise, it would have been you know pretty hard because you know I spending so much time away um, from school. But you know one of the things that Mum made me do was finish uh, finish school, which yeah, I'm very grateful for because you, you know, didn't I mean, do the oh I don't want to do this I'm out they yeah pretty much it. It made me do it and yeah. yeah I'm glad I did it so that was that was good. But you know the funniest bit for the whole reality show was I drove up there on my L's. Drove back on my L's and then the Tuesday after Bathurst, I went for my P's test and, um, you know, the headline on the newspaper is the bird come out um, was like waters crashed at Bathurst. So I'm like, don't, don't read that. <laughs> but um, nah, she was, she was pretty cool. I was got, got my license. I was going to say, as long as you got your license <laughs> yeah. and you didn't fail like other people we know, Neil Crompton, uh, he had to go second time. He got it eventually. So take that up with him next time you uh, well, you see him at uh, at Winton for perhaps the next round of supercars. So you win the, sh- the showdown, you get the drive at Bathurst, you have the big spin, you get away with that one, you end up in the wall in the race. That's life. That's how it is. But for 2012, there's this Dreamtime racing um, program at Kelly's in the development series, but it doesn't last long. So the wheels start to roll off a bit there and the momentum almost slows right down. Yeah, we got... I think four or five rounds in and it was just before Bathurst um, in 2012 but the whole program kind of stopped and yeah just the, the budgets weren't there so I um, yeah had nothing to race so I went over and did a little bit of super tour racing in New Zealand and um, that kind of filled in my, the rest of the 2012 season um, yeah bit of a shame that that kind of fell over but you know it is what it is that's motorsport mm can't go racing without any budget so um, that. yeah it was a little bit of a you know on off year with that stuff but that's okay we kind of worked on something for 13 and and got a good deal with um with minder and got my you know my career back on track and you did go back to bathurst eating the supercar shannon's car because yeah. grant was injured and yeah. couldn't drive with jesse dixon who won the next year so you got another go at it so it was kind of yeah. like the bonus extra Prize on the prize, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And you know, went there and, and finished, didn't crash, and, yeah. and did all the stuff that we, we wanted to do the previous year. <laughs> so it was it was good. How did the where did the path and the doorway to FPR come? So you, as we said, there was the the, the year with Minda. You drove a Commodore with Bruin Beasley's team in in thirteen. What opened the door to, to FPR, which is you know carried right through to where you are now at Tickford, as it's just a same team, different brand. Uh, thirteen probably running in the DVS series and, and going half okay. And then um, my manager kept calling Tim Edwards saying, you need to watch me and, and whatnot. And uh, they gave me a test end of that year in, um, I think it was one of their main game cars. And um, yeah, went all right. And they decided to pick me up for the DVS in, in 14. And um, yeah, haven't left the team yeah, since. they haven't got rid of your sense. Yeah, so I must have been all right. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, then they have backed and got, you know, young guys in, Chaz obviously yep. one, you're yep. another one, um, and they've had a few other ones along the journey. So the, the, they've got a formula and and, and, and it's worked and there's and yep. you're kind of the the proof of it there. So um, what's the – there's probably a misconception. I mean, ev- everyone would look at you and go, oh, well, he hasn't had to do anything here. He's just got the free kicks all the way through. He's been funded through – Oh, he's had, you know, oh, he's just, you know, his family are loaded. There's bazillions of dollars coming out of their ears and it's just all happened. It, it, it doesn't happen that way, though, really. No. Who've been the pivotal people along the way that made a difference? Clearly, your mum and dad have been huge supporters and family's always at the core of, of all this stuff, of anyone who succeeds in sport or business or whatever it is. But who are those people along the way? You mentioned Mick Ritter. He plays a bit of a role in your yeah. development. But who else along the way are the people who... Might you might not have got the next step, or it might not have been as easy or as good an opportunity that have made the difference for you along the way. Yeah, I guess mum, dad, my brother to start with. Um, I wouldn't have been anywhere near where I am now without them, and they got me in the the motor racing scene and and kind of kept me going for a lot of it. Uh, you know, Mick and Maria Ritter at Sonic, they were awesome through the Formula Four campaign, and Mick taught me a lot and. Um, 
What, how to, how, how to smoke and drink Cokes? Or? Yeah, I passively <laughs> smoked a few years. So my, lung, my lungs are still catching up, but um, that's all right. I won't hold that against Mick. Um, and then, yeah, I guess my manager, Chris Jewell, um, even Nestora, who worked for, for Chris, they played a pretty big part around that 2013-14 period, which, you know, they pretty well could get the funding together to get me into FPR. And I guess without getting into FPR, the whole journey would have been a lot a lot harder. So they played a massive part getting me there and then it was kind of up to me at that point to, you know, get some results and, and mm. go well and, and you know, if you go well, you get picked up. So, um, yeah, still have Chris looking after all my stuff now. Um, yeah, it's been awesome working with him. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, Tim's had a, a big part of kind of helping me grow since I've gotten to FPR as well. Um, you know, Tooley, Maddie, there's, there's so many different people, all different kind of p- parts and, and levels. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a pretty cool journey. And it's not over yet. There's plenty to go. So 100%. 14, there's, if I remember right, uh, development. I keep going to say Super 2. It wasn't Super 2 then, but it's Super 2 now. Oh, it's called Super 2. Super two. <laughs> um, quick, but making mistakes, getting involved in some shit that you probably didn't need to get involved in. But yeah. we could see the bit that we needed to see you fast. Yeah. When did you feel I'm piecing this together now and I'm a serious – I mean, clearly you go and win the title the next year, but at what point for you did you go, uh, right, I've, I get this, I understand it, I now know the level between aggression and, you know, smarts. When did you go – I'm actually got enough bits in my playbook that I can actually go somewhere with this. Yeah, it probably would have been end of 14 was when I started to calm it down a little bit and and kind of picked and choose when I when I pushed and um, I think I won the last round of the year in 14 at uh, at Homebush mm. and it was all kind of starting to click then. Um, yeah, but through 14 it was uh, yeah fast crashing, fast crash, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I still finished second for that year. So. Um, I knew it was all there. I just had to kind of eliminate the DNS and that's what 2015 was all about. So, um, yeah, did a pretty good year, or job through the year um, as a team and, and driving and kind of got a bit of a buffer for the last round and, and got it done. And, you know, same year as Frosty winning his championship. So it was a pretty cool moment um, in the team to, you know, be a part of that. 2015 has elements around it that are of interest. So clearly the... Your title win, and, and of course FPR won both titles that year. Yeah. Pro Drive won yeah. the main game with Mark Winterbottom, and you won the development yeah. series. I can't help but the, racing and life are full of what a, what would, what could, what should have happened. If Chaz doesn't have his shunt, does he win the championship? There's many people who would suggest that he he would have. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, it's a big call. End of the day, he he crashed and he and he didn't, and we'll never know. <laughs> so. I don't think you can really debate it too much. You know, Frosty did have a bit of a buffer on Chaz. So, um, like Bathurst, anything can happen there. Mm, um, well, it did, yeah. And exactly what happened, happened. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't think you can really say Chaz would have won or, or whatever. I think, you know, Frosty was driving well and had a buffer and it was it was his to lose, really. So, um, yeah, was, we still kick ourselves, Chaz and I. We would have loved to have a crack that year. We car was fast, we're both driving well, but um, yeah, it is what it is. Mm. Uh, second at Sandow, which everyone kind of forgets that bit, but yeah. then he goes and busts himself up against the wall, which by the way, we saved that, uh, you probably don't care about this, but <laughs> we helped save that car. It's now sitting in the National Motor Racing Museum at Bathurst, which I reckon is a great place yeah. for it to live considering its history with that yeah. track and yeah. how it ended its racing life. But the team was going to turf it. It had been sitting around for a long time at the workshop yeah. and another car, which Stephen Richards had crashed at Eastern Creek, um, did get turfed. I think it was when yeah. Chris O'Toole had his accident and was yeah. away from the workshop. He'd been adamant oh, that those or... things shouldn't be yeah. turfed. Yeah. And I think one of them got turfed while he was yeah. on leave and the other one we managed to convince yeah. Tim and the guys to send it up to the museum. So uh, it's there. Our friends at the National Motor Racing Museum, they're open every week by Tuesday. So next time you're at the mountain, um, go in and have a look, which, by the way, next time you're at the mountain is for the 12 hour this week. It is, week. yeah. So week. you're going to be an Audi man for the weekend. I'll be an Audi man. This with, is different. Um, Tony Bates and Dave Reynolds. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun having Reynolds in the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, really looking forward to it. I did 2018 in a Merc. Yep. Um, I think I finished third 
for the Pro-Am, seventh overall. And, um, yeah, haven't really done much testing in the thing, so it'll be all a bit foreign, but looking forward to, you know, the experience and, and having a bit of fun up there. Swinging in the museum. Why are you there? Go and have a bit Might of a look have to around. Go have a look at that car and... Go and uh, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> Reminisce of my Sandown second place. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's, <laughs> there's bits of it left. Um, some bits of it are, Not a lot. are certainly gone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The other... Th- so 15, of course, then you fill in. Yeah. So you drove the DeLorean. Remember the, the Back to the DeLorean. Future thing on yep. the Gold Coast? Yeah. So they, they pulled Russell Ingle out of Fox and... Um, and put you up and into the, yep. the scenario. So you got what Gold Coast, New Zealand, and Phillip Island. Island. So yep. you got an instant taste. It's it's different when it's a single drive around versus yep. a co drive around. So you get a taste of the level there. Yeah, it was um, it was awesome to be able to step in and and get a bit of a taste for it before you know sixteen, which um, you were already, which yeah, we're already, already, we're already locked yeah in the seat. Um, I don't think it got announced till later in the year, but. That was okay. I knew what was going on. And, um, yeah, a lot different to being a co-driver. You know, you have to practice, set the car up yourself, qualify it, um, and do all those other little bits and pieces which you, you miss out as as a co-driver. So it was a great experience to be able to do that and, um, you know, drive up at Goldie with Russell. It was pretty cool, um, the the enforcer. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a good experience um, off the back of you know what was a, a pretty bad thing with what happened with Chaz. Something got to be good that comes out of that stuff. It wasn't the first time you'd driven that car though, because that was the, the uh, it was the Supergirls car, car yeah. that had got re-stickered yeah. <laughs> um, for the Gold Coast because there was a bit of, clearly there was a car that was not going to be any good to use. So, yeah. but you'd driven the super. This I, I, before we start recording this, yeah. I reckon you've driven every Tickford or FBR car. A lot Since of you've Falcons. been there, even if it wasn't racing, you either did a test in it or a rookie day or yeah, yeah. or something. I don't reckon there's probably one that you haven't had a go in. Yeah, 100%. I reckon I've driven them all for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the Supergirls car, we took it at Gold Coast. Um, you know, you keep hitting all the chicanes and stuff and it was tearing all the stickers off it. So, so it was it was, it was revealing. Half, it was half DeLorean, <laughs> half uh, fluoro orange. Harvey Norman. <laughs> Harvey Norman. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Different. Different. Hey, speaking of different, Speedway, what are you more proud of? And I've done some online homework here. You're looking worried. <laughs> Wikipedia. You, yeah. <laughs> your SA Late Model Championship or your modified production Australian Speedway title? Uh, the modified title for sure. So whenever you win an Aussie title in Speedway, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. And So that's, that's kind of – That's the class that Dad used to race as well. I was going to say there's a nice link there too. So. Yeah. For those who are maybe circuit racing fans listening, what the bloody hell is a modified production? What can you run in it? What do you, what are the rules? So What's it's, the um, it's modified a production sedan. Anything. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it can't be a, like a sports car. Yep. So they're pretty well just Falcons and Commodore, six cylinders. Um, you can do pretty well anything to the engine except change a stroke. Um, you change suspension, put better tyres on it, strip it, put a cage in it. Away you go. So, um, yeah, the racing's always very close and, and a lot of fun, a lot of slide jobs and all those things. So, um, yeah, for me it was it was cool to, to race kind of that class, being what Dad used to race. Dad come so close to winning an Aussie title, so it was, it was cool to kind of win it for the, the family. And um, I was driving um, a car which owned by Travis Shaw, the Shaw family, who Trav used to work on Dad's Speedway cars. So, it was all this nice tire. big link, yeah. and um, yeah, it was it was really cool. So you get the, you win the Australia one number if you're the Australian champion. But yeah. did you ever go and use it? Oh, I think I used it once or twice. Oh, so um, I didn't really all get that the, effort, and you didn't get to didn't use really it. get the chance oh. to run it that much. But um, you had the big goals one on the door, which was pretty cool. Nice, nice. Uh, the door opens for sixteen. You're a full timer with. I keep going to say Tickford, but it was Pro Drive at the time. Same team. It's a bit like Super Two, like the, the labels of things. Yeah, as yeah. long as we know what we're talking about, it's all right. So you become the Monster Man. You've stayed the Monster Man yeah. ever since, all the way through. It's pretty rare that someone's in a seat for so long with the same partner because teams generally are changing, chopping and chopping yeah. and changing, or sponsor deals are happening. So it's the longevity's um, been pretty solid for you. But the thing that probably the learned fans who follow the, the junior categories know the Cam Waters pathway and the Formula Ford and the Shannon Showdown and the Super 2 stuff, but it's the 2017 Sandown 500 that really yep. puts you on the main game map. What do you remember about that weekend going into it? Because it probably really got everyone's attention 
that wasn't expecting. If you had the five favourites for the weekend, two weeks out, you probably if you're on it, you're fifth. Yeah, you're sneaking onto that list. Yeah. What went so right for you and Richie Stanaway that weekend that just worked? Like it was the weekend of weekends. Well, we kind of come out of a bad weekend. I think it was Eastern Creek, um, and yeah, kind of sat down with my engineer B Rad, and he um, he thought I've got to set up for Sandown, and it's a lot different to what we usually would run. <laughs> You're like, oh, here we go. Here this we go. Good. I've heard this before, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we rocked up, and the car was a jet. It was um, yeah, super fast down the straights and, and easy to drive. And Richie was driving really well as well, so. Um, it was just one of those weekends where you put the car on the track, it's super fast, and then through practice you make it a little bit faster and then just everything is smooth. There's no issues, no hiccups across the race and um, I think the only hiccup we had, we had a couple of airbox fires in those sprint races um, which, you know, the guys tuned up and, yeah, it was awesome to be able to win it. Sandown's a pretty cool event to win and mm. don't know how much longer it'll be around. Yeah, well, that's the question. We do you agree that the Sandown 500 format should come back? Yeah, Can we add you to I, our list reckon, of? Yeah, let's bring it back. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> good man. I'm, I'm writing your name down Write on my down. list right here, right now. Good <laughs> man. I'm, I'm going to keep the mission on. We're going to get a 500 back there before Sandown eventually yeah. departs. So, Sounds good. you know, when we do the parade of former winners, ta-da! There you go. You got the spot. You're in. Sounds good. You've driven with Richie Stanaway. He's been maligned, and there's been plenty written about him in the. The time since going to see him back at Bathurst in the wild card with Murph later in the year. What's your impression of how you worked with him then to what then happened in the the couple of years that followed? He's kind of one of the he goes in the list of great talents that just didn't work out in supercars. But from your experience and what you saw and you saw his data and you drove with him, uh, how how good is he and how much of a shame is it that it didn't flow on for him? Yeah, Richie is really really good. He's probably up there with one of the. I guess the best drivers in the in the field, I I think. Um, I just think he probably come back from Europe a bit burnt out, and um, doing the co-driver thing was was pretty easy. He just rocked up and but you did, did his, the work, did and... his job. I did all the work, <laughs> and and it was happy days. So um, yeah, he is a laid back dude, and um, you know he loves his his racing, but I could kind of see that he's he's burnt out and. Then he kind of got the gig with us in 18 and we weren't having a good year and, um, yeah, it just, just didn't work out for him. So I think he needed probably a break from motor racing. But um, it was a shame because he's such a fast steer. He's, he's really, really good. Obviously, you saw him at Bathurst in the wet, how fast mm. he was mm. um, with little supercar experience. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really good to see him back in the field this year at Bathurst. And, um, yeah, it'd be cool to see him back full time, but... We'll see, see if he, uh, he wants to do it. Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years, from the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them. AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au. So 17 Sandown, yay. 17 Bathurst, meh. Should have been, yay. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <have> yeah. <laughs> so that's the one where there was the – was it Mountain Straight, you, Tanda, Chaz? Yeah. Yep. So this is where the, the world starts to learn of the Cam and Chaz on track thing, which I, I've got to admit I'm getting a little tired of it being mentioned every time you guys are near one another on a track or on a grid together. Are you kind of sick of it too? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll add you to that list I'd as be well. On that list. Yeah. You're right. you sort that out for me, noon. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you're, on, you're, on, you're on board with that one. Which was the worst one of all of them? The one that left you the most deflated at and Bathurst. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen for sure. At the chase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shouldn't shouldn't have happened, and he he made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes, and um, yeah, we had two cars in contention really for the mm. for the race, and. Um. Yeah, it all all happened as as you've all seen before. <laughs> so um, roll tape. <laughs> yeah, don't need to roll the tape again. We know nah, what's happened. I don't but, think you've said. Um, yeah, was that the biggest blow up that you've ever had with him? Maybe in the aftermath. Um. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we had. It wasn't necessarily a blow up, but just probably disappointed. And um, 
we're we're really good mates. I think a lot of people don't realize that. Mm. And um, yeah, I just kind of said how it is, and and you know we just put it behind us and we moved on like we always do. And um, yeah, it's it was a shame at the time and and whatnot, but yeah, you don't hold grudges or anything like that. And yeah, we're still good mates. I went up to his place for his thirtieth the other day, and um, yeah, that was good. So yeah, a lot of people don't realize how good of mates we actually are. So project cars. There's a bit yeah. going. And now, what do we got? <laughs> is it a project? So there's an XB Coupe isn't there? Where's that at? And there's a new project too. What's the what's the go? Because I know our listeners love to hear not just about the racing but about restos, street cars, all that sort of stuff. Tell us the background about what you've got and where it's up to or is it not going as fast as you would like? Uh, so the XB Coupe I bought, oh, what was that, 18, um, off one of my personal sponsors, Cole McQuinn, and it's currently – in Queensland, rides by cam, um, getting body and paint done. So all the running gear is pretty well done now. It's got airbags, a four-link in the rear. Um, so what, is this to turn it into a, a street machine? It's road? kind of a street machine, yeah. yeah. Not a not a race car, but um, you know, any any coupe needs a cool engine. So I've kind of taken some stuff from work and built a, um, <laughs> a, six, a six-liter supercar engine for it. So that made, I think, 750 horsepower. Oh, jeez. Um, which should be enough, I reckon. Oh, you reckon? <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, that car's, it's not done. It's still a long way from being done, but it's a lot closer than my other one. So the other one I bought is a XP four-door, which... Um, so that's a 1966, yep. Which, when I bought it, I was just going to, Put it back together pretty well. Just have it as a driver, um, and then I bought another front end for it, so it drives a bit nicer. And now I think I'm going to put a barra turbo in it. <laughs> so um, I can't help myself. I'm a race car driver. And <laughs> you I've got you go from a nice fast. straight plain car to just can't help but fiddle with shit. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was having too much fun putting the front end in it, and um, I thought, oh, you know, barra turbo that'd be cool. And then <laughs> probably put a nine inch in it, and then I'll probably tub it. <laughs> And then I've done the same thing as I've done with the coupe. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, they will both be very cool cars. Um, just want one of them done, which eventually. Eventually. Are you done much of the work on them yourself? Um, yeah, so the XB, I put all the tunnel in it. I had to change all the tunnel for the gearbox. I've got a six-speed manual in that. And then the um, XP, putting a Castlemaine rod shop front end in it. So I had to take all the towers out and reinforce the chassis rails and all that stuff so i've done all that myself which i've actually really enjoyed but it's all in all the xps in Mildura, so it's hard to get back there and, and mm. do a lot on it so that's why it's kind of a bit slow um and then the xb it's kind of the same process but now it's no longer me doing it so it's <laughs> someone else doing it so it's um should happen a bit quicker hand it off just handball it off handball hand yeah uh colors colors what are they going to be Oh, I've got no idea. No mate. idea yet. No idea. Okay. So I think the XB will probably be like a gunmetal grey. Oh yeah, nice. And the XP, I've got no idea. If you've got any ideas, send so, us in yeah. by the podcast. Hundred uh, percent. Send some. Paintcamsride.com.au uh, yeah. is probably the uh, XP and e-colors. Yeah, yeah. Just come up with good ones, not not bad ones. Yeah, not like pink or anything. Oh, pink would be all right. That'd, oh, it'd get attention. Pink. It'd get it t- Dude, you got a haircut like that. You cannot give out style tips on, right mate. now. Come, Come on, on now. Mate. Did you lose a bet for that? I didn't actually. Oh, because was... I would have thought the bet should be over by now, surely. Yeah. Well, everyone's just too clear, clear cut and just, I don't know. You just want to be different. Up and down. I don't want to be yeah, different. And then Chaz seen what I was doing and then he wanted to take it to the next level. So it's the competition between us. Well, you've got but, to find a way to step it up again. But now. nah, I'm happy with Chaz doing his hair and, <laughs> and looking like a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest about it. At least you're honest yeah. about it. Um, tell me about spring cars, going and yep. doing that in summer. Has there been any – was there any resistance from the team at Tickford to you doing that in your in your off break or, no, or at all? they've been awesome about it. They pretty well said, oh, where, where are you racing? And let us know and we'll, we'll come, come and watch. watch. <laughs> so um, I was racing at the Classic, you know, early in the year and Rod and Tim rocked up, so that was pretty cool. Which some of our listeners might not know, the, when in Speedway, the Classic is the grand annual sprint car classic at yep. Warnable at Premier yep. Speedway. To, to, to sort of describe it, it's the Bathurst of sprint car racing in Australia. It's yep. not the Australian title. Yeah. 
but it's probably got more significance or equal significance bigger because of its its history, its longevity. We've had Americans who come out and do it against the Aussies. Yeah, yeah, big ticket event. So it's kind of like you know a sprint car driver bowling up in a wild card at the Bathurst 1000. Pretty much exactly how it is. So it's bigger than the Aussie title. And I think they had 70 cars or something there this year. They've had 100, you know, over 100 in the past. So to go there and even to qualify for the A is pretty special. And how many um, cars are in the A main? Like 20, 25. So you've got to go through all the heats. Yeah. You know, where you land in that or if you've got to work your way out of a B main or whatever it might be, which I love that about Speedway. I, I love that progression you got to do your heats from the back. Like I, yeah. I think if you take that race format and applied it to a, a night of supercars or afternoon and night of supercars, I reckon we've got something that's that's a bit cool. cool. On and a short so, track. It's so something. fast paced as well. So there's always something on the track and there's no sitting around waiting, all that stuff. You're in and out. That's what I love about it. So, um, yeah, I feel like supercars should do something like that. Why not? Uh, why not? Uh, I mean, a night round on a short track. Yeah. I mean, you did take your supercar to Premier and have a run. There's a video on, on YouTube well, that you did last year. Why don't we go well, do a dirt race with well, supercars? A couple of years ago, we would have all looked at one of the silly that NASCAR would put the dirt at Bristol, and um, they did it. Um, they went and raced at the Coliseum in LA yeah. at the start of the year. Yeah. They did it. So you've got to come up with something new and different to grab the attention. So mm. Not a bad idea. How, how did your Mustang go, by the way? Around uh, the speedway. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because uh, it was direct from Bathurst virtually, wasn't it? Pretty much. Same diff gears, same springs. <laughs> just disconnect the roll bars, give it a bit of ride height and away we went. But it was actually quite good to get around there. I needed probably a little bit more steering lock, but the boys didn't try too hard giving me any. So I <laughs> uh, spun it a few times. But, yeah, I think it would be quite cool to do a dirt race. All right, let's add I'll, that to the I'll list. I'll be up for Ken's it. Ken's yeah. on board with that one too. <laughs> I might have down. to start the petition. Yeah, all right. You start it. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll help push it along a little bit. How are you accepted when you go and do the sprint car stuff by the sprint car races and paddock and the fans? Because you're an outsider coming in. Yes, you've got a speedway history with the family, so you've probably got a few more credit yeah. points that way. But have you ever felt like you're coming in from another world, like a bit of an alien to their world and treated that way, or has it been quite welcoming? Uh, I feel like an alien when I'm driving the sprint car, just how <laughs> weird they are. But uh, the whole Speedway and sprint car community have been absolutely awesome. They've kind of taken me in and tried to help me as much as they kind of can, um, you know, to get me up to speed and whatnot. And, and even racing the guys, they're, they're all been pretty fair. And, uh, you know, they have a crack, but you have a crack back and that's what you love about it. So, um, yeah, there's no one that's, you know, been, uh, been hard on me or... Or any of that stuff. It's been, you know, the opposite. They, they welcome me, try and try and get me going if I've tore it up or, or things like that. So it's really good. I asked Neil Crompton about this when we wrote his book last year. Oh, yeah. He's he's driven sprint cars a couple yeah. of times, and I think if I can remember correctly, it, it's sort of like to explain what it's like to drive one. It's kind of like um, a toilet on wheels, like the, you know, the, yeah. with seven hundred odd horsepower. Yeah. How can you? I'm so interested in you being able to describe intimately what it's like to drive, what it feels like, what it does to your body. Because at the end of the day, you're sitting in a little bit of metal with, you know, your legs straddling basically the the drive shaft and there's all all this methanol pumping everywhere and big wing hanging above your head. It's a completely different office environment to what you do 13 other weekends. It's just so violent. That's probably the best word to describe it as violent. you sit in this weird position, you know, get your seat as upright as you can in your car and go a little bit further and that's about how bad as it in feels. in your road car. In your road car, wheel, yeah, yeah, that's how bad it feels. But I don't know, after a while you get used to the seating position. Uh, first time I drove it, you know, you have 800 horsepower and it weighs six, 700 kilos so they're so fast. And when the track's good, you literally hold it flat for two laps when you're time trialling. You don't lift. So um, super fast. Uh you know, your head smashing into the seat through the ruts and all that stuff. Um, it's hard to hold onto the wheel. Obviously, you go through a rut, the steering wheel loads up, and then um, if the engine's running a bit rich, you're spending the whole time crying. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, there's just so many different elements and that's not including any of the cars that are racing you and stuff mm. like that. So um, it's the kind of car that you once you learn what you need to do 
you have to be super smooth and it's super hard to be smooth in a car that's so violent because mm. throwing you around and all that stuff. So I think it teaches you a lot of things um, in, you know, calm down, be smooth in the race car and that kind of makes it so easy in the supercar to be smooth because it's like an armchair when you drive that thing now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been really good for me to, to drive the sprint car and, and learn a different discipline. Have you had any tear-ups? Oh, 100%. <laughs> so I haven't been like on my head yet. But I've been on my side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't. I had one. I kind of went straight into the wall. I think something failed, and and that kind of hurt a bit. Mm. So um, yeah, you don't realize how fast you're going until you hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I, I love the bit um, that circuit racing fans wouldn't think of that if you go to a speedway and you probably look at the wall uh, as in the outside wall. I wonder why is all there these stripes on the wall well that's where they've had the shovel to put some marks in the wall so you can tell where the wall is versus where the track and the wall is because the dirt splatters up into the side of the wall the wall looks like it's part of the track and then you can't see it and then you hit it the first race car that um that i've you know driven that you go to the track and you look at the catch fence and you're like okay now it looks pretty good so high enough yeah it's high enough there's a fair chance i'm gonna end up in that so um yeah none of the other race cars you worry about the fences and stuff like that that's yeah. That's that's different. Are you going to do it again this summer, or what's yeah, the plan? Yeah, hundred percent. So, I think we're racing in Darwin around the Sandown weekend. There's a show up there called Chariots of Thunder, which I'll miss one of them, but there's a Northern Territory title before it. So, plan is to go up there and do those two races, and um, yeah, that's kind of the mid-season. Um, or it's our off-season normally, but mm. it's their season yep. um, up there in in Darwin. So. We'll do that and then it'll probably start again in November. Hmm. Do you ever get a time off? <laughs> um, you are almost got a bit of Van, Biz- Van Gisbergen going on. You blokes just in a race a, car every bloody weekend. Do you have a weekend off ever? I haven't had much of a time off, you know, this summer. But, you know, usually summer I'm in Wadura on the boat chilling out hmm. where um, this, uh, this off-season was just in a car driving to the next Speedway event, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I loved it. It was good to... Just be racing something over that time and doing something a little bit different, and um, I think I'll do it again for mm. sure. And and you look at the guys over in America that are racing NASCAR, they're they're in late models, they're in sprint cars, they're racing every weekend. So I think that's what you have to do if you want to be, you know, that next level. Mm. Anything and everything, you know, a GT car at Bathurst, a yep. sprint car, the supercar. It's yep. the day job, really, and the yep. other stuff goes yep. um, in and around it all. Um, as we're recording this, uh, by the way, if you're just joining us and if you haven't heard the start of the episode, go back to the start because you'll find that it's the 200th episode of the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. Um, we're pre-Winton, we're post Wanneroo. Clearly the, the heat's died down a little bit now. It's the, you know, the the has, has come out of it. You know, first across the line, penalty applied. Have you had a chance to talk to Craig Baird in the aftermath and have a bit of a, a chat to hear his side of it all and how it's all flowed? Because clearly, I mean, there's – and it's a serious point too that some of the shit that was going on after Wanneroo online and not just what was going on online that people could see but what was being personally directed at people that we didn't see but we've heard about was quite frankly out of line. And and that's on the, the head of the people who were writing it and doing it but – um, have you had a chance to talk to Berto? You've had a chance to cool off after all? What's the what's the take now that we're out, out of Western Australia? I don't know this is coming, <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, I've, I spoke to Berto um, yeah, a couple of days ago and well, it was actually last week because um, this is post. We're recording this the week <laughs> yeah. before. It's out, um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I just called him to say g'day and, and make sure he was okay because he got – some pretty bad um, messages and, and stuff directed at him and, and that's not on. Um, end of the day, we all, you know, my, my view of it is everyone's got opinions and that's that's awesome. That's what makes the sport. But you can definitely take it too far and, and you know, a few people have taken it too far. With Berto, um, you know, I, I don't really agree with the penalty. I probably still don't, but i got a lot of respect for Berto and it is what it is and, and I've moved on and, and um, you know, no one's no one's perfect. I'm mm. probably going to be on the wrong end of it sometimes. Yeah. I'm on the right end at the other times, and um, yeah, I got heaps of respect for Berto. And I said, you know, there's, there's no hard feelings, mate. It is what it is. And um, the driving group, we all back you. Yeah. Like he, he does a really good job. So um, yeah, 
we'll move on and on to the next one and I'm just going to have to win the next one, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and talking to Beto in the past, he talks about my drivers. He, yeah. he talks about the 25 of you as his boys yeah. and 100%. girls, if there's any girls in the field. he's he, he very much wants to work with everyone and, you know, sometimes yeah. there's going to be decisions that – and it's you know it's fine that people don't agree with it. That, I agree yeah. with you. That's the yeah. beauty of it. That if we all have the same opinion in life on everything, yes. it's pretty bloody boring. It's gonna be boring. Yeah. But there's a point where it just goes way too far, and it's it's clearly gone way too far there. Yeah. So I think that's great that you boys have have, have had a, a chat, and you know you can disagree with it. You can disagree yeah. with the call, but I mean we've probably seen the AFL this year what what they've done, where they've been absolutely militant in the first five weeks of yeah. you know the demonstrative behaviour, and it, it's sort of as much as it calls the ruckus and it was felt to go too far it stamped it to a point where it stopped a bit of that inflammation and now they've yeah. just eked it back a little bit so yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah that, that's good that you boys have, have had a, a catch up and no doubt at some point he's going to be on your side in a uh, another situation down the track and you know i know he's probably gone into bat for plenty of drivers over the years too where you know he's advised the stewards that look don't ping the bike for that or you know that's yeah. out of line or whatever it is so he's a ripper and he doesn't deserve what goes on so i 100 echo your, your sentiments there as well um Top 10 shootout. You've done a few in your time. In fact, you've done a lot in your time. In fact, you have the – I think it's the second best record for the most shootouts ever in championship history. So I've got a top 10 shootout here for you, which is word association. I'll give you a name, a thing. You give me the first word that comes into your head, all right? And you can't use the same word twice. You are looking at me like this is going to sting, but it's not. It's not. Come on. (laughs) Chaz Mostert. Crash. Oh, dude, <laughs> you're not helping the storyline here. Okay, you said it. Bathurst. Um, that's a word, isn't it? You've got to give me a word. I gave you a <laughs> I word. Said, um. Um, no, that, is, that does not count. That does not count. Historic. Yeah, nice. I like it. Now you're getting the hang of this. Monster energy. The best. That's two words. Best. <laughs> <laughs> not Zach Best. Uh, Premier Speedway. Uh, Warnable. Fair point. Mark Winterbottom. Frosty. Yeah, I thought, yeah, everyone says that. Mick Ritter. Sonic. Everyone says that too, but all right, damn it. It's one word you met the criteria. Grant Denyer. Small. Yeah, nice. Thought you'd go there. <laughs> uh, James Moffat. Australian. He's like the most Aussie bloke. He does have a bit of that. Ah, g'day, mate. How you going? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I'll See back that. Fits. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay. Sandown. The 500. Yes. Cam's on board with the bring back the Sandown 500 movement and I, I didn't was going to say you. sprint race. I no, I would, have, I would have thrown the pen at you across the table. Uh, and sprint car. Fast. Yeah. You didn't repeat any. That's that's all right. Um, speaking of not repeating, you did well there. Congratulations. You've done Thanks, another mate. top 10 shootout. Uh, the V8 Sleuth top 10 shootout. Speaking of um, of making, what is the thing when I sat down before this and looked through? You've done, you've been to ten Bathurst, done nine, of course, the year that you and Chaz didn't yep. start. This year, if James Moffat drives with you, which I would think would be the plan, although it's not been announced, but if it happens that way, it's the first time ever you've had a repeat co-driver. Do, do you just have know. bad BO or something? Like, why doesn't anyone want to come back and drive with you again? Um, I don't know, mate. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I've really wanted to just keep one, but. They all get away from they me. They all get away from me, so, <laughs> so might it's, have to try and lock him off, aren't well, we? Well, it's break the trend. Yeah, well, it's Grant Denya, Jesse Dixon, um, thirteen you didn't do, fourteen Jack Perkins, fifteen Chaz, sixteen Jack LeBrock in the monster yep. car, seventeen Richie Stanaway, eighteen. Now I'm running out of Dave. Dave Russell. Russell D Russ was in there. Um, Caruso, Caruso, Will Davison, Moff last year. Yeah. Usually all the drivers move on to do something else. That's just you, this is your excuse now. They just yeah. want to get away from you. So Jack Well, they get a better opportunity. Richie moved up as well. Who else was there? Uh, D-Russ. Will Davison, he moved. Will got a drive. Full time. D-Russ. So James Moff might be your, might be your first time might ever. Might be it. Yeah. Sign Special. him up. Sign him up, Tim Edwards. <laughs> Car six. Car six. <laughs> Let's break this trend. I, it's just a quirk of history. I just, yeah. As I was looking back through your, your history, I thought, that's a bit strange because normally somewhere, somehow, 
yeah, someone is someone. back in your world, yeah. even if they've yeah. not done it two consecutive years, it, it happens somewhere down the track. Anyway, that's just the statistical side of things. Before we go, the National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions. This is where the fans get to throw a few questions, and you're trying to look at the sheet, so don't do that. <laughs> um, I can see through the sheet because you've lifted it. Can you read backwards? <laughs> Come on now. Come on yes, now. Right. They didn't teach you that at school. Something uh, about the UK. Dean Robinson. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, nice. So he says the driver training that you did in the UK over some Christmas breaks, what did you learn and how has it helped your driving skills? So you went and did some stuff with yep. uh, Rob Wilson, yep. the, the Kiwi expat who's based in the UK, who, yep. former race driver. He's coached, you know, Formula One stars. It's uh, Some supercar guys have gone and seen him as well basically drive road cars around and, and just strip it all back to simple theory. That's kind of the way it all works, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, Rob Wilson's got so much experience and um, done a lot with F1 drivers and drivers all around the world go and see him. And um, it's... He's like the driver whisperer, isn't he? Pretty much, really, yeah. yeah. He's, um, he doesn't look like a driver whisperer. He, he's this kind of old fella smashing cigarettes with his briefcase <laughs> and trench coat on. You're like, who is this bloke? And then he gets in uh, the car and, and smokes you. So um, it's middle of the UK, this uh, kind of airfield, and he sets up some cones and, and a bit of a track. And uh, every year that I've done it, I've gone there and driven a, like a Vauxhall. It's like an Astra, front-wheel drive car. He's got a different tire on each corner. So it'd be like a Michelin on the right front, a Pirelli on the left front, a Dunlop, and some you know Chinese brand that you've never heard of on the right rear. And... Um, you go to a lap or two, he's sitting beside you, you time it, talk about it, he gets in, he'll smash you by a second <laughs> and then... Then you wonder, oh my God, is my like, career over? Yeah, you're like, what, what's just happened? <laughs> and then, um, you know, you, you speak about it and, you, you know, you do that for the day and um, it's all about, you know, weight transfer, um, how you think about, I guess, a lap and, you know, when to push, when not to push and and just changing your, your driving style accordingly and... Um, yeah, it just makes you think a lot differently inside the car, which uh, for me, going there, it was, it was awesome to, to do that, experience it. And there's still stuff that I use today or a lot of the stuff I still use today. So, um, yeah, kind of want to go back over there. I was going over there, start of every year, and then, you know, COVID happened and, and it ruined it for me. But um, might have to go back, uh, start of next year maybe. Mm, mm. So what sort of things are you – applying still like that came from that um well i guess you go and do it in a car it's not a race car it's mm. a front wheel drive a roadie roadie um and end of the day it's it's physics it's just how you move um you know your body inside the car so how you turn the wheel how you press the brake you throttle um the weight transfer and it doesn't matter what car that's in all those things still Apply. Physics of physics. Still apply. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all those things. So I've kind of taken over from from that and applied it in the supercar and and not necessarily the supercar but most speedway stuff and you, know, you can still do it in your GT stuff. So, um, you know, you use it slightly different in, in each trade but, um, yeah, same thing. You use it no matter what. Mm. No, and it seems like the most innocuous thing of yep. all these little things in a road car can affect... Yeah, and apply to yep. a race car at two hundred and fifty yep. in a whole other category on a whole other side of the country, a whole other side of the world. So, yep. um, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool thing. James Sims, after the highs of the Shannon show, the highs have been at Bathurst. Was there a moment where you thought this might be all over, and I might have to go and work at Macca's and give up on the dream? Um, I probably wouldn't have gone that low to McDonald's, but um, <laughs> I probably would have picked a better job than that. But uh, the 2012 probably was a, a little bit hard. I guess, you know, the my Super 2 program was falling over um, and didn't really have much else for that rest of that year. So it was kind of like, what do we do next? Mm. Um, so I was pretty lucky to go do the New Zealand stuff and then run at Bathurst. And, and yeah, I guess that time kind of just worked really hard to make sure I had something for 13. So that was, yeah, pretty kind of bad point in my career. Well, not a bad point, but like you're not sure what it's, the next move is. It's an uncertain. You just don't know what the next move is. Mm, so that mm, was probably the tough bit. Yeah, you weren't going to flip Big Macs. That was the uh, 
No. That was the aim of the game not to do. Uh, Damien McKee, is there any better feeling in racing than when you stand a sprint car on the back wheels and head down the straight front wheels in the air? That's a pretty good feeling. (laughs) As long as they've... um you know, scrape the mud off the fence and you can see the fence. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. That's why I made that point before because you don't think of it as a circuit racing nah, it's person. Probably, it's probably when the sprint car is set up right and you're driving it, you know, nice, it's probably the the funnest car to drive just because mm. it's got so much groove, it's so fast, so reactive. Um, yeah, that's so much fun. Mm. Um, Andy Seymour was asking, how's the XP? But we've kind of answered that now. Uh, Matt Geary's got a question. Is there a big change in your thinking and mindset when you go from the supercar to the sprint car and the sprint car to the supercar? Yep. Uh, the sprint car, you change how you drive every session depending on the track. So you're, you're always going, looking at the track, and you change you know, how you drive it, you set up, all that stuff. Yeah, whether it's Super- drying out, whether they've had the water truck exactly out there. Exactly right. They've yep. ripped it or whatever they've done. Supercar, you look at the flags and that's about it. <laughs> Which so, way's um, the wind go? Or if it's cloudy, you like, okay, the track's probably a bit quicker. So um, there's that stuff with, you know, the tracks changing. Um, but, yeah, I guess the sprint car, you, you strap in, you do your belts up as tight as you can do them and hold on. Mm. Supercar, it's a... Um, a little bit of finesse, more finesse, and and you, yeah, a little bit of a different driving style. Mm. Yep, yep, but same sort of result. Hopefully, being at the front. So, yeah, that's the aim of the game, mate. <laughs> thanks for coming in. Thanks for sitting down. We've done a bit of V's. We've done a bit of Formula Four. A bit of supercars. A bit of sprint car. A bit of GT. A bit of roadies. Um, oh, by the way, um, what is the thing that we don't know about you? What's the thing that you're into outside motor racing? Like, do you like movies? Are you into a certain food? Do you like a certain music? What's the little nugget that people can take away from listening to this podcast? They know that you drive the Monster Mustang. They know that you do some sprint cars. They know that you've got a shithouse haircut. But (laughs) what's the bit that we don't know about you that maybe your partner Brooke knows about or your family knows about? What's the bit that we don't know about you? Maybe I want to keep it this way, mate. <laughs> I did get, it. I did ask this, and I was pretty blank on it. So I think I might just keep it that way. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm into like all music, right? So what, what's, what's your go to when you drive out matter. here? In your depends on my mood. Oh, what's your mood right now? Uh, probably the Beatles or something. Beatles, something like let old it, just let it be. Let it be, mate. Right, that's me day. Really, <laughs> let it be. So. Cam Waters is a Beatles listener. Have you yeah. seen the doco on Disney Plus? Yeah. It's yeah. good, wasn't it's it? It's good. Yeah, so see? I listen to that stuff, but then I can listen to Metallica. You've got a wide every, variety every of – are you a Spotify playlist sort of a guy? Yeah. You've got your yeah. own go-to? Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I would have never picked you as a Beatles fan. No, I don't think you would. No, it's good. That's I wanted to learn something yeah. about you that I didn't already know. So. so I was trying to think of something like – Bigger. But no, no, like, that's oh, cool. Like, right. There'll be people out there who, you know, go, oh, geez, that's, you know, for a guy your age, there's not many people who would have that answer. Well, I need to listen to that music when I'm driving my XB or my XP, don't I? It's kind yeah, of it's era. a bit more era suited. <laughs> you know, in the Ranger, it's a bit different yeah. these days, I guess. But uh, nice. We learn something about our guests every day. So, Cam, thanks for sitting down. Uh, we'll see you at Bathurst for the 12 hour this week. We'll see you at Winton so. the weekend after. You're going to be sick of us by the time of May finishing off. So See you for the 400th episode. (laughs) Well, see you in 200 (laughs) times. We'll lock you in. Job done. Perfect. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. So a big thank you to Cam Waters for joining me for our 200th episode of the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. Great to just go back over the journey of how he's got to where he is now, some of the current stuff that's going on in his world. Really good stuff. Can't wait to see him in action. This weekend, as we uh, wheel this podcast episode out, he's on board an Audi this weekend at Bathurst for the 12-hour and then Winton Supercars. He's getting closer and closer to that win at Mount Panorama and any of the big formats. He's got a couple of chances in 2022. Don't forget, jump online to the website, bookshop.v8salute.com.au. whole bunch of really cool stuff coming soon. The Holden Racing Team Car History Book is only a matter of a month or two away. Uh, the Holden 600 Wins Model Cars pre-order has been booming. Everyone wants to know about those. Our Holden 600 Wins print that celebrates 600 championship race wins across Tiranas and Monaros and Commodores. The pre-order for that is open at the moment. Uh, Make sure you grab one of those. If you're a Holden fan, it's a really cool keepsake. 
There's not going to be a manufacturer that wins 600 championship races anytime soon, given that the blokes in the Blue Ovals only went past 400 last year. So it's going to take them a little bit of time to catch up over the journey. Don't forget, every Thursday too, I'm back with Repco Supercars Weekly for the latest in news and views on the Repco Supercars Championship. And every Tuesday, the Castrol Motorsport News Podcast. So we've got you covered here with the Motorsport Podcast Network. Three in a row, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and of course, on all the other days, you can catch up on the episodes that maybe you haven't got around to listening to over the journey. All right, that's me done. Happy 200th, everybody. Been great to have you with us. The V8 Salute Podcast, powered by Repco. I'll chat to you next week. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars unforgettable. Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years. From the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them, AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au.